So today we're going to talk about something that recurs within the Svas Emes. And I like not just to say this is what the Svas Emes says, but have you see how it's characteristic of Hasidus in general, and in particular the Svas Emes. I call it modalities. Namely, there are different ways to be Oved Hashem. And sometimes there is a more ideal level, as opposed to a lower level, but it's more practical. And that resonates very, very deeply within Hasidim of the 18th century and the 19th century, who aren't always learned, who aren't always capable in the classic way, but have deep desire. And sometimes, not only are they layered by ideal versus practical, but even the practical has a certain ideal that's better than the ideal, because it's relevant. And sometimes the ideal, even though it's not relevant, it inspires the practical. So there's a lot of interplay between what I call modalities, different levels. This is one way to serve Hashem. This is another way to serve Hashem. You're carving out space to be different, and you're carving out different tracks to serve Hashem. And, of course, Chassidus is a revolution. Here's an independent track that may not have been chosen before by people. So we'll see two examples of that in Parshish Kitisa. One is easier. One is much, much more nuanced and sophisticated. So we'll go from the Rach to the Kasha. The easy one is the following interesting question. Why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu make such a big deal about the Luchas? Taurus, the whole Torah at Arsinai. We're the whole Torah at Arsinai from HaKadosh Baruch Hu through Moshe. We have Tariq, Mitzvahs. And why are the Luchas so important? So you and I would say, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu condensed ten of the most seminal ideas and he put them on tablets and we should see them. But it sounds like there's some interplay between the delivery of Torah, which was completely oral, Harsina was an auditory experience, and the Luchas, which are engraved. So, for this Vasemis, again, there are two tracks to serve Hashem. Nasa versus Nishma. Nasa is not just performing mitzvahs as opposed to hearing the voice of Hashem, but for the Svasemis, Nasa is being able to acquire all of the Dvar Hashem solely through actions, not necessarily through study. Be careful, this is very volatile. And that the whole world around us should be influenced by Torah, not just the world within us. And that was the ideal. The ideal was that we should meet our Kaddish Baruch Hu through Asiyah. And that's why Nasa came before Nishma. But we failed. Okay, there's always going to be a failure or some factor that shifts us into the other track. We'll see what that factor is in both discussions today. What shifted us from the track of Nasa to the track of Nishma? And Nishma is not the world of Asiyah, of getting to Kaddish Baruch Hu purely through mitzvahs, but having to study it frontally. The ego. The fact that we fell apart at the ego means that we were downgraded in our level of piety, in our level of metaphysical stature. And now we had to find, a, we, listen to this, we had to find Hashem through Torah study, through the internal word of listening to the Devar Hashem. And when you're learning Torah, you're listening to Hashem's voice. So ideally, we should meet our Kaddish Baruch Hu and encounter our Kaddish Baruch Hu through the world of Asiya. When we failed at the ego, we could no longer find Hashem in the world of action. We had to find Hashem in the world of study. And Nasa was the ideal. Nishma was what we would call the backup plan, the less than ideal, the other route. What shifted us from the ideal to the other route was the Egel. And the Luchos represent the world of Asiya, because the Luchos are external and physical, whereas Torah is just oral and conceptual. So by creating the Luchos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is locking in that ideal track called Asiya. And that's why the Luchos are called Vahaluchos Maaseya Lokim Hema. Because there's something that Kaddish Baruch Hu, Kivayachol, executes with some action. And therefore, it is metaphoric of us executing an action and meeting a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So this is the classic two tracks that I spoke about. The ideal track of Asiya, the backup track of Shmiya, 
the ideal is compromised during the Chet Instead of finding a Kaddish Baruch solely through action, we now, quote-unquote, have to find a Kaddish Baruch through Torah study. And the two tracks are represented by the physical embodiment of Torah and the Luchos, as opposed to the oral embodiment of Torah, which we heard from our Kaddish Baruch Hu Sinai. Now, what makes this so volatile is, are you kidding me? Talmud Torah is a backup plan? <laughs> I don't see Talmud Torah as a backup plan. I see Talmud Torah as the plan. But Hasidus doesn't see it that way always. And in the beginning of Hasidus, there was a lot of decentralization of Talmud Torah, which irked a lot of the established Rabbanim, because this is a piece in the Svesemus, which if you read it, and you read between the lines, ideally it should be enough for me to be involved in the world of Asiya. And when he talks about Asiya, it's not just Asiya's mitzvahs, it's Asiya, just the world of action, because every action in Hasidus has equal value, because Hashem is in everything. So whether you're performing a mitzvah's lulav, or you're uh, going to the mikvah, or you're in business, Hashem is, what difference does it make? You find a Kaddish Baruch So this is a very volatile Svasemes, but it is characteristic of those two tracks. The ideal track of Asiya, the backup plan of Shmiya. What segues us, or what transitions us from the ideal to the backup, the Egel. The Luchas are Asiya, Masya Nasa, Torah is Nishma, the non-Luchas part of Torah, those which aren't engraved in the Luchas, and Hashem is creating both, because He realizes that human beings are frail and weak, and they may fail, as we did, and He needs a backup plan. Fascinating. Okay, let's talk about something a little bit more subtle, but because it's more subtle, it's more interesting. The second time Moshe sends Har Sinai, in Parshas Kitisa, which is the second Kabbalah Satara, as opposed to the Kabbalah Satara in Parshas Yisro, everything's very quiet. No one goes up with Moshe Rabbeinu. He's alone, he's private. He's under a rock, he's under a boulder. Rashi says, Nothing is as precious as a quiet encounter with Hashem without fanfare, without social media, without selfies, just Moshe and HaKadosh Baruch Okay, which means the first luchos which were with fanfare, that's chopped liver, that's, that's green bean. You always have this where there are two parts to an experience, and Chazal speak highly of one part, what about the other part, right? Oh, Yaakov was such a tzaddik, because when he met Yosef, instead of crying on his shoulder, what did he say? Krishma. So Yosef wasn't a tzaddik. <laughs> he was the shegetz. Yaakov was saying, Krishma, oh, Yosef, he was just crying. So this is his, his, his eye for the complete picture, not just for part of the picture. Oh, those second luchos were incredible, because they were quiet and private, and that's what Hashem wants. So what, Hashem was out to lunch on the first luchos? He, he, he got confused. If he wants sneers, the first matantar should also be quiet and private. So again, this is a structure for two systems. But these two systems are not Asi and Shmiya. These two systems are Pearson, Publicity, broad, loud, and quiet, concealed, tamun, no one knows, inconspicuous. Ideally, we should be public, because we are the children of Avraham, and we should inspire Hashem's word to the entire world. And that's why the first Harsinai, which aspired to the ideal, was public. And according to Chazal, he doesn't say this, the whole world noticed, the whole world was shaking, all the water stopped. But something changed. Because of that change, we had to revert to a more private type of relationship with Hashem, where we could no longer inspire the world. Now, I would have thought that change was the eagle, because we got downgraded. For him, the change was a Amalek. It was less of a moral change and more of a historical change. Now, how does Amalek create historical change? There's some band of pirates in the desert. 
But metaphysically, he feels that Malik does two things. First of all, and I've never seen this before. This was I saw it last night. So I've never seen that before. Amalek essentially contaminated humanity and deprived them of their ability to be inspired. That's why our war with Amalek is so epic and central to history and to a degree is being fought right now because there's a poisoning of the general humanity's capacity to be inspired by Hashem. So it didn't just affect us and diminish our capacity, but it blocked the world's capacity, as long as Amalek's still around, from receiving inspiration from us. And then, of course, it dampened and it ramped down our own enthusiasm for leaving Mitzrayim because of the war they fought with us. So Amalek, not the ego, is the shift. Which is fascinating because historically Amalek happened before the first Harsinai. So if the shift between the first Harsinai, which is public, and the second Harsinai, which is private, is Amalek, the chronology is all off. But again, in metaphysics, the chronology is not important because Hashem is creating two models and those two models have different places in history. So namely, the two models are, should we be public, and spreading the word of Hashem to every single Jew in South Africa and in Melbourne? Or should we be much more internal, private, going through the base meadows, studying Torah, performing mitzvot? And Hashem says that one day, you will return to that pirsum, to that larger public role. But right now, during days that are days of hastara, and he's not talking about 2024, he's talking about Golas, days of hastara, so we turn more inward. Right, a big question with the children of Avram. Why are we sitting in the Gush Beis Medrash learning the halachas of Adam Amazik or Bor? We should be out preaching about God and preaching about the Bible and preaching about morality. It's just we're not in that place right now in history. At a certain point, we turned inward, and Hashem is creating these two models. There is one model of the Harsina like Avram that's public, that's glaring, but there's a model of just a quiet Harsina, you, namely Jews, Moshe, and a Kaddish Baruch more sophisticated, right? Get ready for two more sophistications. But, he says, without the passion that the public moment creates, he won't be able to sustain the private moments. So it's not just that there are two levels, and when we drop off of level A, we revert to level B. But having experienced level A, that invigorates and reinforces and boosts our ability to operate on B. So the passion you feel still leaves an indelible imprint. You're no longer operating on that track, but that track nourishes and cultivates your ability to operate the lower track. So the fact that we had this harsina with all the fanfare and publicity, the fact that we're been Avram and we're supposed to publicize means, okay, when you learn Torah today, your ability to learn Torah is because, okay, I'm a child of Avram, she gave me the Torah, one day humanity will see the Torah. Right now, my purpose is to understand Tosos, but there's an internal drive that the upper track creates that sustains the lower track. Okay, that's number one. Number two is, this is also fascinatingly Svasemis esque is that everything that happens to Am Yisrael, in a broad sense, is a microcosm for personal experience. So historically, Am Yisrael had two stages. The public moment, Harsina Rishon, Luchos Rishonos, and the private moment. And Amalek means that we reverted or shifted from the public to the private, and the shifts in history. But it's not just true in history about Am Yisrael, it's true about every single one of you here. There are moments in your life that you have this passion, and you feel this charge, and then you revert back to something more private, more internal, less energetic class. It's not really public versus private, but it's a similar feel where there's a tremendous burst of passion and excitement. Then there are days that are less animated and less energetic, but the ability to feel that passion and that excitement will trickle down and cascade down to what he calls the Yemeha Yerida, the days of internalism and the days of darkness and the days of less passion. So when you're reading about Kedisa and you're reading about the history of Am Yisrael, what you really are reading is a microcosm for personal experience. Everything that happens to Am Yisrael can be internalized 
to your own personal experience. You see how this is much more sophisticated. The first one is Asiya versus Shmiya. Harsinai was incorporated both. The Egel downgraded us from Asiya to Shmiya, but Hashem still wanted there to be the capacity for Asiya and the Luchos. That's why the Luchos were broken, and essentially we, we don't read Luchos, we read Torah, because we're no longer capable of the encountering Hashem purely through Asiya. The second differentiator is not between Asiya and Shmiya, but between public versus private. The first Asiya was public, and that was more in sync with our role to publicize the word of Hashem. But when history shifted because of Amalek, we had to revert back to a more private. But the fact that we experienced the passion of our Sinai Rishon allows us to operate in that second track of more privacy. And then the final thing I'll say is, characteristic of the Sfasem is darshaning words in Chazal, like we darshan Tanakh, we feel that every word in Tanakh is precise and, and, and specific. Chazal just spoke freehand, they were talking about ideas. Why does the Gemara say, Why that word yafa? Because Chazal say, The word yafa means olam hazeh. Is olam hazeh the ideal? No, but it's our world. So in this world, yafa, the world of yafa, we have to have tznias. And lecha yafa minatznias in the world that's referred to yafa sha'achas b'olam hazeh. But in the next world, whether that's Mashiach or Olam Haba, then there'll be a person, then there'll be a publicity, then we'll revert back to the bells and whistles and fireworks, everyone will see HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it's not the ideal, but it's our ideal in this world, and it's an ideal in this world that's fueled by having tasted something larger than this world and something otherworldly with the first Hasina. So that second Tzvah there's so many components to it that are characteristic and classic to the Tzvah Okay? Have a great day, everyone. Have a great day.